Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. And welcome Nita Monroe to minister this morning. Praise God. Nita, praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Go get it. All right. <laughs> well, I get more than seven minutes this morning, y'all. <laughs> well, I called my son that's a pastor back home, and I said, Brother, you got any advice for me? Because I'm speaking Sunday at church. He said, Mom, just try not to get up there and preach the whole series in one sermon. <laughs> so my 10,000 words I had <laughs> are now 1,000. So I know y'all are glad about that. I don't know yet if I'm going to read it off of here or off my paper. I'm going to see. So I'm not a preacher, but I love to write and I love to read to people what I write. But my son said, Mom, you can't get up there and sit down and read. You'll lose people. <sighs> I said, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so first I had a chair up here, and Jeremy took it back, because I asked him to. I said, I think I'm going to stand up. So anyway, so if I stop a lot, it's because i got to find my place. But that's okay. And I think I can do it without my glasses, because I made the font so big. <laughs> so it's really not a whole lot of pages it's just big font well anyway so we're, we've been working on this series about forgiving and the message today is as Christ forgave you as Christ forgave me as Christ forgave us so he also told me to make three points and stick to them <clears throat> so my three points are up there somewhere um my first point is first we have to know. Oh my. First we have to know how much he loves us and we have to receive his forgiveness. So first we have to come to the cross ourselves and receive forgiveness. The second point is why we must forgive others as he has forgiven us. And the third point is forgiving ourselves as our Father forgave us. So first, like I said, we have to know how much God loves us. We have to have been born again. We have to have went to the cross and received his forgiveness. We have to have went and asked him for his forgiveness. So we all know the familiar scripture in John three sixteen that God gave his only begotten son for us. But he didn't give him to us. He didn't go to the cross to die to condemn us. He went to the cross so that the world might be saved through him. This was a gift of grace. We cannot earn this gift. We cannot buy this gift. And we certainly do not deserve this gift. That's why it's a gift. <clears throat> and that was his death. It wasn't, a, it wasn't free because it cost the Lord his life for us. Once we receive this gift... We don't lose this gift by any works of our own. By, you know, it's not because we've been so good 
or you know, we didn't have to fill out forms and duplicate and triplicate to become an adopted son or daughter of Christ. Christ did it all for all. By grace we were saved through faith, and by grace alone, not by our works. That's what it tells us in Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9. This brings me to my second point already. See, this is going pretty quick, y'all. <laughs> Why we must forgive others as Christ forgave us. How many know that to walk in unforgiveness towards someone is to be walking in sin? Because unforgiveness is a sin. In Ephesians, Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 30, 32, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. <clears throat> if you notice the word forgave is past tense. God has forgiven us. He forgave us when we came to Christ. So now when God looks at us, he sees the blood of Christ. He sees us in Jesus. Paul goes on to tell us, though, not to have bitterness in us. He even tells us to be tender-hearted toward others. Those that we don't want to forgive, we're supposed to be tender-hearted toward. He says that we are to forgive even as God forgave us. Now, what happens, you may ask, if I don't forgive someone? Because you might say, frankly, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what this person has done to me. You don't know what all has been done to me. God does. And he still says to forgive as he forgave. So, while I said earlier, you know, it's not that in these books that Pastor gave us to read, this one by R.T. Kendall, Total Forgiveness, this is a great book. And this really, really will help anyone who is dealing with some unforgiveness in them towards someone. In the middle of me reading this book, I had to stop and call my mama and make some amends. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to read this or not. <laughs> But I'm like, Lord, you know she's going to say this, this, and this. He said, I don't care what she says. I'm telling you what to do. I'm like, mm. So I called and no answer. I said, well, Lord, she's not even going to answer the phone. He said, you know she's out in her garden this time of the day. You call later. <laughs> so I did. And it was, it was a good conversation. And, we, you know, and I told her, I said, I've, I've been snippety. When I talk to you, and I do get snippety sometimes with her, and it's because that her heart is not with the Lord. And so it makes it hard to talk to her when you know that, when you know one of your loved ones is not living for the Lord. It makes it very hard uh, when they say things that, you know, you know it hurts the Lord's heart. So, I mean, it hurts my heart, so how much more does it hurt his and, I, and then I get snippety. I get in the flesh. So I'm working on that, y'all. <laughs> so don't be judging me. <clears throat> anyway, it does say, though, also, that when we walk in unforgiveness, that we break fellowship with God the Father, and we lose intimacy with the Lord Jesus. 
and we grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, who wants to be in that place? Not me. And the reason why we do that is because we're walking in sin. We're walking in darkness. Darkness and light can't be at the same time. It's one or the other. And 1 John 2, 10, 11 says, He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. It's like, you know, sometimes when, we, when we're walking in unforgiveness, we can't even see the sin that we're in. And R.T. Kendall, in this book, he pointed it out in this way. He said, when the serpent deceived Eve by telling her, surely you won't die if you eat the apple. It's not that bad. You can, you can taste that apple. It's not going to be all that bad. So then Eve's like, well, if it ain't all that bad and I ain't going to die, I'm going to taste it. So she did. And now y'all see where we are. How many know the devil is a liar and he's a deceiver? So when he tells you that your sin of unforgiveness is not that bad because what was done to you is unforgivable. What was done to you, you know, that's okay to not forgive that. Um, you, you've went through so much, you know, that God understands that. Well, how many of you know that's a lie of the devil? That's a, tra- that's a trap that Pastor was talking about last week. That's the bait of Satan trap. And that's where he wants you to be because when you, Jesus knows that when you forgive, truly forgive in your heart that person, then you are, you are set free. You have so much freedom in you, you just you don't even know. And I'm going to share a little bit of that freedom later with a little bit of my testimony. But when you hold on to that unforgiveness, you are chained. You are bound to Satan. You have, in fact, chosen to let Satan have authority in your life over Jesus. You've decided to give Satan power over your health over your happiness, over your peace, because you've tied God's hands. God can't do anything if you walk in that unforgiveness because you've lost fellowship with him. Okay. We're doing so good. (laughs) So, now we're to the third point. We're going to get out on time. Now, this, this third point that I'm going to make is about forgiving ourselves as God forgave us. Sometimes, some of you may not have ever had to deal with that, but let's face it, some of us have had sins in our lives that are a lot worse than others. Some of them are real hard to speak about, and I might get a little choked up up here, and it used to be because of a lot of uh, guilt and condemnation when I would speak of these sins. Now, it's because I get choked up thinking how much God loves me and how much he has forgiven me of. And some of my sins that I'm going to bring up, some of you may get an offense towards me because of them. And uh, all I got to say is, don't go there. Don't, yeah, don't take the bait. Don't go there. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Because Jesus has forgiven me, so I'm not looking for your forgiveness anyway. But I share my testimony because the word says, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we overcame. And because this part of my testimony is so, I feel so strongly about it, 
and I have shared it in other churches, and it has stopped women from doing the same things that I did. So I'm going to kind of go through it and explain it to you and how I thought, even after I came to the Lord, that I had let all that go. And then as I was sharing, my pastor back home realized that I hadn't let it go. So he gave it to me in a way I'm going to give to y'all, and hopefully it will help set y'all free like it did me if you need to be set free. But when I was a very young person, I lived a very wild lifestyle. Alcohol abuse, fornication, adultery. Every Ten Commandment I broke, even the one of murder. I brought a lot of sins to the cross, but there were two that I could not leave there. And speaking of two abortions... That word is so hard to even say now. When I had my abortions, I was not a Christian. I did not know the love of the Lord. I did not know about forgiveness at the cross. I already had one child out of wedlock, and I barely could feed him and myself. And I thought that was my only way out. And I even had family members telling me that that's what I needed to do. They tried to tell me that with my first son, and I thought they'd gone crazy, but then that seed was planted, and I took the bait and did it. Let me just stop here and let you know that now I do know the Word. The Word says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, to choose life and not death so that you and your descendants may live. Abortion is never the answer. We were so deceived back then. This was a long time ago. and It wasn't even legal then. And, um, you know, you were told it was just a blob. There was no life. There was nothing. And to this day, they're still trying to deceive women by telling you that. And we know now that that's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. And it's a cunning trick of the devil because if he can stop humanity in the womb then he knows he doesn't have to deal with them after someone's spoken the word to them. So he's wiping out humanity quicker than we can bat an eye. Well, I need to tell you this part too. Because there was a lady I worked with that told me that me and my little boy were going to go to hell because I'd had him out of wedlock. Now remember, I hadn't came to the cross yet. So my idea was... (laughs) I don't want no part of that God. You know, if he's going to send a baby to hell, me, I'm unworthy, I'll go to hell. But my baby, a a God that would send a baby to hell, well, forget that. I'm not ever going down that road. I'm not walking that aisle. So I tell you that because you've got to be so careful when you're judging others because they may not have been to the cross yet. So you may be costing them their very salvation. And if not their salvation, you may, if they, they are saved and you're judging them, then you may be keeping them in unforgiveness to where they'll never let it go. So be real careful. Don't judge others. Don't judge me. Well, this is how I got over that condemnation. I did get saved at a revival. And my pastor asked me after I gave my testimony that one time, he said, Nita, Do you believe God sent Jesus to die on the cross for all sin for everyone? And I said, 
Yes, Pastor Mark, I believe that. He said, so, so you, you believe that, God, that Jesus died on the cross for all, for everyone. I'm like, yeah, Pastor, I believe that. He says, okay, so you believe sin is sin. So when he said all sin, that is what he meant for everyone. I said, yes, Pastor, I believe that. He said, so why do you think then that you can hold on to unforgiveness for yourself, for your abortion? Do you, do you think you need to suffer some more? Do you think you need to um, tell Jesus that his blood wasn't good enough for your sin? Because basically what you're doing is you're exalting yourself over Jesus and you're saying that you have to do something more than what he did on the cross. So, oh, no, 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 Pastor, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. He said, yes, you are. Think about it. Well, I was reminded when he was asking me that three times, of the three times that Jesus asked Peter, did he love him? When Peter had denied him three times. So, when we keep unforgiveness in our heart, for ourselves or for others, Basically, that's what we're doing. We're denying Christ. We're denying his finished work on the cross. We're saying, we're playing hopscotch through the cross. And some of you might not know what hopscotch is. That's what my son said. He said, Mom, that might not be any generation there knows what that is. (laughs) Anyway, and so God showed it to me like this. There was a cross, like a hopscotch with the squares marked off. And the very first square was leave it all at the cross. The next square was, I forgive you of adultery. I forgive you of stealing. I forgive you for this and that, blah, blah, blah. So we jumped into that square. We skipped the first one because we didn't want to leave it all. Then the next square said, um, you have to forgive others. You have to forgive yourself. Well, I didn't want that square. And then two squares over here says, you have peace and prosperity. You have health and happiness. So I jumped in those squares, and then the next square was way up there that said, you have it all, salvation, everything. And so I wanted to get to that square, but I couldn't get to that square because I held on to the unforgiveness for others and for myself. So it's like I took, it's like a hopscotch through the blood of Jesus. You know, I only stepped in the blood that I wanted to receive and the blood that meant I had to forgive somebody. I didn't want that blood. I was trying to do it myself. So I, was, I thought about it, you know, and I said, and, and he showed it to me like this. He said, basically you're telling Jesus, Lord, you just come down on off that cross because you didn't do it right. Let me climb up there because I can do a better job. I can do it much better than you can. So I'm going to have to climb up there and do that. And you just come on down. And I'm like, whoa. And that's exactly what we are saying, and that's exactly what we are doing when he said he died once and for all, for all sin, not just some of them. So my question I forgot to ask at the beginning was what has Christ forgiven us of? And the answer is everything. Everything. There's nothing that you have done There's nothing that you're going to do that when you go to him that he won't forgive you of. Because that's what what his grace is. It's 
is unearned, unmerited, undeserved grace. So I ask you today, and Pastor can come up here and, and um, but if you have unforgiveness in your heart, don't hopscotch through the cross. Don't tell Jesus he's got to stay up there and suffer a little bit longer, that he didn't do a good enough job. Don't try, don't think that you're, don't exalt yourself over God, over Jesus, because if you don't let it go, Satan's going to keep you bound because he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and you're never going to be able to experience the freedom of the cross. Total, total forgiveness, like this book says. So, if there's any here, and maybe you've never been to the cross, and you want to come to the cross, you want to experience this love, this undeserved, unearned, unmerited love that Christ has for you, then you can come up here and pastor will be up here to pray with you. Or maybe there's some of you out there that, you know, you've suffered the same way I did, and you just can't forgive yourself. Well, that's the same as not forgiving others, and that's the same as not receiving the Lord's forgiveness. That's the same as denying Jesus and what he did for you. So maybe you want to come up here. Maybe you have forgiven somebody, but you picked it back up again. So maybe you just need to come up here and kneel at the altar and let it go. Leave it once and for all. Don't pick it back up again. One sure way that you can know that you've forgiven someone is just think about them. What do you think about them when you think about them? What comes up in your heart when you think about them? Does bitterness, does, do you get anxious in your spirit when you think about them? Do you have a desire to get as far away from them as you possibly can? Or do you look for opportunities to embrace them? That's how you can know if you've forgiven or not. The word forgive means to totally absolve of any responsibility. It's just like you go into court and you're guilty. And the judge looks at you and he says, You were guilty, but we're impugning your sentence. I have a friend right now, he's in Mexico. For years, he was unable to get out of the country to do anything that God called him to do. He had a bad record. He was a drug addict. He sold drugs. He was put in prison for drugs. But a marvelous miracle happened to him. He got an official pardon from the governor. He and his wife are in Mexico City right now. He married a Mexican girl has a powerful ministry there now, Randy Garvey. But he knows what it means to be forgiven. I know what it means to be forgiven. Do you? All of my sins, I'm thankful that when I wake up in the morning that there's not a notice in my mailbox or someone standing at the door to Serve notice that I sinned somewhere along the line. Now i got to pay for it. If only the IRS could get that principle. But the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. What does it say in 1 John 1, 7? 
If we walk in the light as he is in the light. What does that mean? What happens when we walk in the light? There's no darkness. If there's no darkness, then there's nothing hidden. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us of all, everybody say all, all sin. Now here's the catcher. John says in 1 John 1, 8, says if we say that we have no sin, who are we deceiving? We think we can deceive everyone. I mean, we can deceive other people and make other people think that we've got it all. We've, we've, we've taken care of all the issues and everything that's good. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But, I like this part. But if we confess our sins. Now, what does it mean to confess? It means to agree with. Homo legeo. Homo, one. Legeo, word. Or saying. We're saying the same thing that God is saying. So if I say, I have sinned, we're agreeing with God. Yes, you have. But, I love that part. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us of all sins. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us of all. Everybody say all. That's a powerful little word in the Greek. It's P-A-S, pas. You know what it means? all, everything, complete, lacking nothing, everything. His blood has cleansed us of all of our sin. Now, here's the thing, though. Forgive even as God in Christ has forgiven you. And the word is clear in Ephesians, Ephesians 5 or Ephesians 4. If we don't do that, then we grieve the heart of God. We grieve the heart of God. In one of the Gospels, Jesus tells a parable about a king. And he had a servant. And this servant owed him a debt. Now, I was just reading somewhere the other day that if this debt were commuted or computed in today's monies and today's value of the dollar and this kind of thing it would come out somewhere around 84 billion dollars that's pretty good sized debt isn't it how many of y'all could write a check for 84 billion dollars how many of y'all could in a lifetime pay back an 84 billion dollar debt I don't think Donald Trump could even do that that's a lot of money but that's what this man owed that king And the king was getting ready to throw him in jail. And he says, have mercy on me. Please, I'll pay you back. He knew he couldn't pay him back. But you know what the king did? He forgave him. And this servant, instead of being grateful for the forgiveness that was extended to him, he goes out from the presence of the king. And not too long after that, he runs into a fellow servant who owed him some money. Now, I've heard people say, well, he didn't know him but 50 cents. No, he owed him a little bit more than that. 
he probably owed him about a year's worth of wages. So if you make $65,000, $70,000 a year, it's a pretty sizable debt. But it was something he could have paid back over time. And so this servant who had just been forgiven, you know what he did? He demanded immediate payment from this guy. He said, I want my money. He said, I don't have it. I, I can't pay you. He, he said, well, i tell you what, then you're going to jail. So he sent out a, a warrant, had him arrested and thrown into the debtor's prison. And there he was going to spend his time until he could pay back every cent. That's what we do when we don't forgive others. That's what we do. We hold them as a debtor to us. To forgive means the debt is canceled. It's canceled. How many love a good write-off? It's canceled. You know, you get a medical bill and it's more than you can pay. Then you get this note from the hospital that says, your bill has been written off. And we go, woohoo, glory. Well, that's what happens when we release someone. We forgive them. We don't hold them accountable. It's no longer outstanding. So what that means is we can't keep bringing it up. We keep talking about it. Have we forgiven? No. We've got to let it go. Remember the little kid movie that came out a couple years ago, Frozen? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Well, when this king found out that this wicked servant had acted this way toward his fellow servant, you know what he did? He called him back and said, you wicked, wicked servant. And he threw him in prison and his family. So that's what happens when we don't forgive. It not only does it affect us, it affects those around us, his family. Those around us are affected when we don't forgive. We must forgive. And forgiveness loves. <laughs> My wife and I, we have a neighbor. I've been praying for him. I don't know why. He, he's just, he's, a, he's an odd kind of guy. And, you know, he's... Just not very neighborly. But I pray for him because I ask the Lord to give me the kind of love for him that he has for me. And sometimes when I think about myself and the love God has for me, I realize how difficult it must be for God to love somebody like me. But he does unconditionally. So that's the kind of love that I have for my neighbor. I've got to love him that way. It has to be unconditional. It can't have, you know, if you will act this way, I will love you. I just got to love him. Regardless of what he says or does or anything else. I mean, I haven't done anything to him that I know of. It's just, it's just I don't know. Bless him, Jesus. And that's what we got to do. We just got to bless. That's what God's called us to do. The best blessing that we can have for our enemies or for those. You know what an enemy is? An enemy is someone who doesn't agree with you. Who stands on opposite sides of you. That's an enemy. 
It's not somebody that you necessarily want to go toe-to-toe with. You know what I'm talking about? Give them a good lip sandwich, a fist knuckle sandwich on the cross of the lips. It's just somebody that you may not be in agreement with. And sometimes those people can be the most difficult. But what does the Bible say? Pray for them. Pray for them. Don't repay evil for evil, but repay evil with good. Amen? If I say repay evil for good. With good. Repay evil with good. Say it one more time. Repay evil with good. Amen. That doesn't mean if somebody gives you a right cross, you give them a better left hook. It doesn't mean that. It means you turn the other cheek. You love them. You love them. That's what love does. Not easy. It's not easy. If it was, why would Jesus have said, Father, if there's some other way to get this done, can you do it? But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's what's involved in it. Forgiveness. There's a great song written by Matthew West called Forgiveness. I Google it. Google that song. Listen to it. You'll listen to it over and over again if you haven't already heard it. It's a good song. It's powerful. Forgiveness is something that we can't get around. A lot of things we can, we can preach in the church and you can do it or not do it and you're still okay. Right? And if I preach and I tell you to go to Africa and you don't go to Africa, God maybe told you to go to Timbuktu somewhere else. That's okay if you don't listen to me and you do that. That's fine. But the thing of forgiveness is we cannot get around it. Because Jesus said if we don't forgive others, their trespasses, it leaves the account open for us and we can't be forgiven. Wow, that's pretty heavy stuff. So we have no recourse. We can't get around it. We have to forgive even as God has forgiven us because because the thing of it is, it's His DNA inside of us that gives us the ability to do it. can't do it in ourselves. It's not a natural human reaction to pain and suffering and hurt. It's not normal for us to forgive. I mean, that's what makes us abnormal, right? Amen? That's why the Bible calls you a peculiar person. You're a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you peculiar people act peculiar when it comes to bitterness and forgiveness. The world doesn't understand. It doesn't have to. It's a kingdom principle. It's something that is a part of our DNA when we come to Christ. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. And the love of the Father comes inside of us. It does something to us. It gives us the ability to love people, forgive people. Can't do it in ourselves, but by the grace of God, we can. Everybody say, by the grace of God. That's all it is, is grace. Grace. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.